Um, cool. Uh, what we're going to do is we're going to start with a question. We're going to talk in your little clumps. You got nice little clumps already, guys, and the women over here. That's fantastic. There's a little like line here, guys. Like guys have to see you. No, not really. Um, I want you guys to talk about in your little clumps. What's a routine? What's a habit that you that you have to do in your day every day? What's a routine? What's a habit you have to do in your day every day? And why can't you go? Why can't you do your day without that routine? All right. So talking your little clump now. Yeah, you haven't met each other, like actually introduce yourself to each other and then share what it is. Go. Okay, one minute. Okay, 30 seconds. That's a big routine, your car. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> Okay, just wrap it up. Wrap it up. All right, we'll start. We we'll start with the boys. They're probably a bit simpler with their routine. Someone want to share with us uh, a routine or a habit you have to do every day. If you can't do it, you can't function. Whatever. No, anyone. Anyone can. Yeah, you can even dob someone else in. Should be too personal, surely. Okay, so you got to take a shower as soon as you get out of bed. Because it, you use it, you do it to wake yourself up. Okay, has to be cold water or what? Um, at the start, yeah. At the start, oh man, you're hard. Yeah, that's good, man. That's good. I like that. Cool. Any other ones, boys? Brush. Yeah, probably should brush your teeth. But why do you have to do that? Yeah, cool. Good one. Good one, Matthew. That's that's good thought. Ladies at the back. You have to what? So, go to the toilet? Oh, rush, rush to the toilet. I think they said brush the toilet. I'm like, okay, you probably have to do that too. Yeah, yeah, you have to go to the toilet, yeah. And you obviously... Yeah, yeah, I think it's important. Yeah, I'm trying to teach my son to do that. Mm. Anyway, yeah, any other, any other ones? Any other good ones? Have a cup of tea. Yeah, thanks. Why do you have to do that? Six cups. Yeah, right. Six cups a day. That's a habit. That's a good habit to have. Woo! Okay. Thank you. Uh, ladies at the front. Yep. Cool. Any other ones? Come on, you got to have some other ones. Bar reading. Okay, yep. Yep. What's a, what's a breakfast? Like, what's... With cheese? Why? Why you have? Because you you combine the dairy with the carbs. 
I, I never said that I hadn't. Okay, any other, any other good habits? Guys, we're listening to this ladies here. Folks, wait, listen. Yeah, yeah. Any other, any other habits? Any other habits? Money, you got a habit in the morning you have to do. Oh, there's no habit you follow. You just... Oh, supplements. I never feel that. Why do you have to have vitamin D supplements? Why can't you survive with that? Oh, okay. Yes, it's a medical thing? Yeah, okay. Thank you. Yeah, the sun and all that. Yeah, yeah, cool, cool. Yeah, my one, um, I'll share mine, which is actually you have to, I have to get up every morning. I wake up at 6.30 because my kids go to school. So I've got to get up earlier just to get stuff ready. And I go to the kitchen and I straight turn on the coffee machine because if I don't have a coffee, I'm like toast. I can't function, right? Yeah, Hannah, you, 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 we, we, we're connecting there. Yeah, 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 yeah. I feel you, man. That's so true. That's so true. Um, well, uh, there's this, I don't know who's got the slide control. You got the slide control? Oh, so, oh thanks. Yeah, we'll go to this next slide. There's this book out there called um, The Seven Highly Effective Habits Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey. Has anyone seen this book before? Yeah, it's a, it's a good book, but it's, it's kind of like, it's, a, it's not a Christian book. It's just a guy that wrote this book, and he's like, it's like the most successful nonfiction business book worldwide. It's sold like heaps of copies. So your parents probably know it if they are into this kind of stuff about being effective people. And uh, it's, it's a book that basically is about how to grow, how to improve yourself constantly, how to be a better person, a better version of yourself in life. Um, you know, you, you do these things, you do these habits because you want to have more freedom, you want to have more power, you want more security, more wisdom. Um, and, you know, changing your attitude in life, the way you think about stuff, uh, by doing that, you're going to do these seven habits. You can read about them later, right? There's heaps of quotes online. You can check it out. Whatever habits you do, like, you know, brushing your teeth or having breakfast or washing your face or having a coffee or having a shower, going to the toilet, right, or doing the seven habits of highly effective people, um, yeah, they're good habits to do. Some of them are. But, well, yeah, most of them are essential. But I wonder, right, if um, being together with other people to connect with God, is that a habit we prioritise? Is that a habit we prioritise? Being together with other people to connect with God, is that a habit you would prioritise in your life? You know, what about catching up with a Christian mate to read the Bible? Or what about going to church to, to pray and to praise God together? What about meeting with other Christians to encourage each other in their faith? Would these be on par with the other habits in your life that you function as a human being? Because we heard last week that there's, it's important to be together as followers of Jesus as we anticipate the end of all new, all things coming, coming. They're near, they're coming. And we're trying to help others connect into this community, GCU, to hear about Jesus. And like other kind of Christian communities, how could Geelong Christian Union, how could our group help people connect up with God, to God, by being together? Even when the, the benefits aren't particularly centred on you all the time. And uh, this kind of touches on our second uh, value, mission value. So if you go to the next slide there, second mission value, which is up on the screen, connect up 
with our creator, God, through prayer and the study of the Bible. Because last week was connect in, and this week is connect up. This is what we're going to be focusing on today. Let's blank that out. Because what we read today in Hebrews chapter 10 here, Hebrews chapter 10, in verses 24 and 25, the habit of being together has personal benefits, yes, sure, but there is an emphasis on how it could benefit others around you more than yourself. So today's passage, what I want us to take home, take away, is this, is that in being together, we connect up with God when we hope, when we encourage one another in Jesus. Okay, that being together, we encourage each other when we connect up with God, when we hope and encourage each other in Jesus. There's two things I want to talk about. That first paragraph, that first thing, that first paragraph is talking about Christians should be in the habit of meeting together. Okay, we should be in the habit of being together as it involves hoping in Jesus as a group and helping each other connect with God. That's the first thing. And the second thing is that second paragraph. It's easy because it splits it up into two for us. If we stop being in the habit of being together, if we stop that, then we risk receiving God's punishment. Okay, we risk, we put ourselves at risk at receiving God's, God's punishment. So, so first up, Christians should be in the habit of being together because it involves hoping in Jesus as a group together and we help others connect with God. In order to get people together, like, like today, okay, there needs to be a strong motivator, right? So, you know, whether it's a, a sports team or a community group or a special interest group, I mean, next week's the, um, the club's showcases day, next Tuesday, and there's going to be heaps of other clubs there, heaps of Deucer clubs. But like those clubs, there's a motiv- motivator for us to be together. And so what makes our group, Geelong Christian in our group, unique to those other groups out there that we could have been potentially part of? What is the motivator for us, for GCU, to be together regularly on and off campus? Take a look at verses 19 to 23. Let me quickly read it. 19 and 23. It says, Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way open for us through the curtain that is his body, and since we have, uh, we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. Jesus here, he's the great priest that's mentioned in 21. He's that guy, Jesus. He is humanity's hope. That's what we talked about last week as well. Jesus is humanity's mediator between us and God. Through Jesus, Jesus has revolutionized the way we connect up with God. That's the first half of this chapter in chapter 10. You can check that out later. That's what he's talking about here. And uh, if we think about the temple, because this priest who is the who is over the house of God, the house of God being 
the temple in the Old Testament. If you think of it like a seating map for a stadium concert, if you click to that next slide, uh, this is this this stadium map was with David Bowie. Hopefully, you listen to David Bowie, but uh, you could you could change it to Ed Sheeran or I don't know Cardi B or whatever. I don't know whatever you want. Um, if it's like if if the temple was like a stadium concert, right? The people of Israel would need to come in to the to the to the stadium to the temple, and they they'd only be allowed to access the yellow bits and the red bits in the, the dance floor, the seats, as far as back as nosebleeds, maybe the blue bits there. That's it. That's the general admission, right? That's the, that's those tickets are still expensive, but that's the general uh, admission area. And the and they go there. The, the Israelites would go there to meet the priest who'd perform on the stage, perhaps, temple sacrifices, offerings, burning offerings to God on their behalf. All right? But Jesus, if you think about Jesus here, the great priest, he gives access us, gives us access to the stage, but also to whatever is behind the curtain of that stage. Exclusive access for people who are dedicated followers, servants of God, the diehard fans. This is the backstage area. This is the VIP area of, the, of God's house. Only Jesus can give us access to this exclusive area. We just blanked that out. It is only through Jesus' blood by his death on the cross that we have this, even this remotest hope of being with God for eternity. That through Jesus' body and his life, we can have a peaceful, loving relationship with this faithful God. Verse 23 here says that we should hold unswervingly to this hope. Unswervingly, so it's a weird word, but it's there. I think it kind of is saying, another way of saying it is to grip it white knuckle tight as you would grip on a, you know, on, a, on, a, on an amusing part ride or something like that. Like you would hold the most valuable item that you have so tightly, to not change your mind about it or to waver about it or to muck around about it every five minutes, but to be dedicated to it. I think this is the the hope that everyone needs to know, that everyone needs to hear about in life. Getting people to meet Jesus is the way for them to connect up with God. So are you holding on to this hope? Do you trust Jesus as your highest priest and that he has given you access to this amazing God. Because if you are, your your guilty conscience and your wrongdoings against God have been washed clean. You are genuinely able to connect up to God. So if John Christianian is committed to holding on to Jesus and showing our allegiance to him, what does it look like, right? What does that look like physically to be regularly being together on and off campus? Take a look at verses 23 and 25 there, that little section at the end of uh, that first paragraph, because this is where our confidence in Jesus turns into action. And it's more about others than about ourselves. That's what he's talking about there in verse 24. <clears throat> he says, the writer saying that that habit of being together is more about other people, other personness. You know, you might have come today 
and uh, you, you know, you start off your night tonight having a great dinner. I'm going to come here for a great dinner. Red Rooster, oh, it's so good, chicken and chips. Um, you know, I come here for a few laughs with my friends. I come here to win a few games at some board games later tonight. I'm going to um, spend some time investing in my own faith, investing in myself, thinking about the Bible for me, you know, as I listen to the Bible, listen to God's word. Now, don't misunderstand, those things are good. Some of those things are great things to do, to, to experience at, at Connect or any kind of GCU activity. But is this, is this like the main way we approach being together? Is this our main approach of being together? You see, the writer here knows that we're already thinking about ourselves as we come to these kind of things. So here, I think, he's making a pointy that we ought to think more about others than about ourselves. He says he were to spur each other towards love and good deeds. So at the point of Geelong Christian is about holding on to Jesus and showing our allegiance to him, then being, being here together should involve more than just encouraging each other, but also stimulating each other, exciting each other towards love and good deeds, loving each other, because we want more people to connect up with God. Being together involves pushing each other towards doing good deeds for God and for others because we want more people to connect with God. And this leads to verse 25, where the writer, he's reinforcing here the healthy habit of meeting together. How do we effectively encourage each other knowing that God's judgment day is coming, that the end of all things is near? And to be, to be practical about this, I think, you've got to be about meeting people physically where they're at to do that effectively, meeting people physically. How are you, how am I at reading people, meeting people where they're at, understanding people? Maybe I'll chat in your um, little groups. We did this in the last session about, I guess, what's some, <clears throat> what's some challenges about in the last year about have you found it challenging in understanding people and meeting people in the last year to encourage people? Uh, have a chat in your little group, whether it has been at home or just online or even just in your little community. What's been hard in the last year about trying to meet people and understand people in the last year? Go. Yeah. 
One more minute. Okay, let's bring it all together. Okay, we'll go backwards this time. So I think you guys were last. So you guys, can you ladies go first? Can you share with us a challenge from last year about understanding people, meeting people, encouraging people? Yeah, okay. Yep. Um, is there a, what was the common reason? Is there a reason that they gave you? Study. Study. Yep. Okay. Yep. That's hard. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Yes. Yep. Do you, want, do you want to just dress like bottom, like yeah. keep up? Like, you don't have to dress anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yep. Thanks for sharing that. Thank you. Up the back, any challenges you shared with each other? Yeah, the connection. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yep. Cool. Thanks for showing that, Hannah. Yep. And uh, gentlemen, can you give us an example? Yep. Yep. There's something consumerist about the whole online thing, isn't it? You can easily just switch off or switch a video off or, yeah, yeah, cool. It was, it was not common for me to see people doing other stuff in the background as they were listening, like doing the washing up or something or cooking a cake or something, I don't know, something weird like that, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, cool. Uh, we'll just go to the next slide because you probably could relate to some of these two pictures, one of these two pictures. Obviously, <clears throat> maybe your last year has been more about the bottom. Uh, Maybe not the guy, particularly in his age or whatever, but obviously he's on a video call, <laughs> um, talking. And and hasn't that been the year that we've had, right? Like, yeah, and I guess that, that energy you're talking about, yeah, you lose that connection. And and I think we all kind of desire the top, right? And maybe that's, this is the opportunity. You probably have begun that hopefully this year as you met on campus and in here. Um, <clears throat> and just to talk on that, I, I guess um, there's a – I got up there on the top right. This this guy Albert Morabian. I'm sure I'm sure I'm not saying his name properly. He's a uh, he's a psychologist professor. Has anyone heard of him before? No. Okay, it's okay. Albert's correct, but Morabian. I don't know. He's Iranian, right? Anyway, he's Iranian. He's got this thing. He's done his research on this concept called the seven thirty eight fifty five rule. Has anyone heard that before? It's, it sounds like 
numerology, isn't it? It's not really. It's just a thing. Here it goes. Now, it's to do with communication. Now, 7% of your communication that you receive is in words. 38% of that is in tone. And 55% of that would be in body language. Right. Okay. So, the guy on the bottom, you can do the maths, right? He's probably only really using or receiving 45% capacity, like top, right? Top, 45% capacity of communication as he's talking to whoever is on that other side of that screen, right? 45%. So, he's lost more than half of his communication uh, as he's relating to that person on the internet whatever, if the internet is working correctly as well, right? It's not cutting it out and whatever's, okay? Uh, to connect with that person, to talk to that person. Oh, yes, Nicole, yeah. Yeah, maybe, yep, yep. But if they're just standing there, if you've only got this shot or this, you know, this shot. Yeah, I don't know. Depends how, how, how wide angle the camera is. Mace, yes, thank, but yes, yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe, sure, maybe, yeah. Let's say, let, like, maybe the 45, maybe 50, maybe, maybe 55%. Maybe, maybe, right? Okay, now, what the point is, is that, is that the, the, he, the writer of the Hebrews letter, okay, he's obviously, he was also on a saying way before this 738, 55 thing ever existed, okay? The concept of that, because... He, he understands here that being together physically is not only effective in stimulating one another to hold on to this hope in Jesus, but it's also effective in bringing people from the outside, from, from our outside spheres of our, of our networks, to connect up with God in knowing this hope in Jesus. We just blank that out. You know, people might have lost a bit of social skills because of social isolation and social distancing maybe. But I hope that hasn't killed your interest perhaps in knowing people. I hope that hasn't done that to you. I hope you're now kind of bringing that back on. You know, you're kind of redeveloping that again. That's re-emerging for you, hopefully, that you might take an interest in being together with others. So I've got to ask, are you in the habit of being together with other Christians as we hold on to this hope that is in Jesus and as you help others connect up with God. Because there are serious consequences if we do not hold onto Jesus as our hope. These are the same consequences for others around us if they don't hold on to the same hope that we hold on to in Jesus as being their great high priest. So the second paragraph here, we're going to look at now, the second thing we're going to look at is this, that in verse 26 onwards, if we stop being in the habit, uh, in the habit of being together, in hoping in Jesus together, and connect up with God together, then we risk receiving God's punishment. We risk, we put ourselves at risk of receiving that punishment on us. These next verses, they're pretty heavy verses, right? Difficult to read, confronting, but they're so necessary. They're so important to be reminded of, whether you follow Jesus or you don't follow Jesus. There are people you're going to know, friends, family, 
your peers, your classmates that might say, look, I'm a Christian. My family is Christian. I believe in God. I believe in Jesus. I go to church. I go to John Christian Union. I go to Focus. And you never know what what is going on in their heart um, and what their personal relationship with God is like. But as your life continues into the future, some of these people that you know, these friends of yours, these family members, these, these peers, may actually stop saying these things and eventually they no longer have an allegiance to Jesus. They have let go of him as their hope. In my personal experience of this with, with people I've known in my life, I think the first sign that usually indicates, I think, that this is happening, this is going to happen, is that, is that they stop being in the habit, they stop doing the habit of meeting with other Christians. That's where it usually begins. They stop going to church. They stop seeing their friends who are Christian. They actually avoid them. They begin to adopt other habits, different habits, different routines that are not centred on Jesus. What are the characteristics that describe these, these kinds of people who stop hoping in Jesus? This is in verses 26 to 29. Here it goes. Verse 26. They, these kinds of people stop, uh, they, they keep on sinning uh, and they do evil when they know the truth. When they know that something is wrong, they, they still do it. In verse 28, they refuse God's law, God's way of life. They don't follow it. In verse 29, they reject Jesus, who is the Son of God. They treat his sacrifice on the cross as something unimportant, something insignificant, or it's questionable. It doesn't even rate. They insult God's gift of the Holy Spirit, which kind of connects us to God, right? It's a, it's a gift that we receive as Christians from God, but we throw it back at God's face. We say we don't want it. If someone treats God like that and, and, his, and his lifeline to us like that, Jesus' sacrifice is ineffective for them. It's not going to be effective. In verses 26 and 27, it says here that there is no sacrifice for their sin for their sin that is left. There is no sacrifice that is effective for them that is left. And that they will have to face the raging fire who is God. The thing that waits for them is God's judgment. And it says in verse 30, verse 30 on months, let me read it quickly. Verse 30, it says, for we know him who said, it is mine to avenge, I'll repay. And again, the Lord will judge his people. It is a dreadful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Is there something we can do about this? Is there something I can do about this? Is there something we can do to help ourselves because we feel we might be sliding into this? Is there something we can do to help others who are dear to us, who we care about, to avoid such a terrifying and devastating outcome. Friends, the, the tool or the thing that we've heard about today to help us to stay on the safe side of God, 
is to hold unswervingly onto the hope of Jesus. And to do this, we need to do it by being together. To remind, to spur, to stimulate each other towards love and good deeds with the purpose of connecting people up to God. To encourage each other. You see, if we stop being in the habit of hoping in Jesus and connecting up with God, then we risk receiving God's punishment. We put ourselves at risk at that. Because, as I talked about last week, being a Christian person alone is really hard. We need all the support we can get. We need all the encouragement we can get to help each other out by being together, encouraging each other in Jesus. To finish up, has Hebrews 10, what we read today, Hebrews 10, verses 19 and 31, has that spurred you on? Has that encouraged you to be together with other Christians as we connect up to God together? Will you prioritise that? Because I suspect some of us here maybe, uh, maybe have lost the habit of that since COVID hit. Because as we be together, we should, do it, we should be doing it more for others than for ourselves. We should aim to be contributors, not consumers, when we be together in our various Christian communities and different catch-ups and contexts. I, um, I recently met up with a student just this week. Uh, he is part of this group and at Deacon. And uh, they weren't able to leave their place where they're staying. They've had ongoing health problems. And there's not many people for them to lean on for encouragement and support. It's really hard. They're doing it tough by being alone. They live alone. They're staying alone. And they were, you know, legit physically isolated. But no COVID, fortunately. But they were isolated. To be honest, I, I didn't... I didn't know the person all that well, very well. I've only known them for under a year, probably. Uh, and I didn't even know the extent of their health problems, really, until I started talking to them. But I knew that they needed somebody to visit them, to remind them to hold on to the hope of Jesus. We opened up the Bible together. We read Psalm 37 together. We talked about it. We prayed together about it. Just for an hour. I went there thinking that, you know, this is going to be tiring. <laughs> it's going to be draining. Um, now, my mind was just already preoccupied with other stuff I had to do. More important things. But, you know, I was actually really surprised by the end of it as I reflected on it. I was really surprised as I walked out. Because I just received probably the biggest encouragement of my week from this person. Because as they were sharing about their struggles as we're reading Psalm 37 together, we reminded each other of how faithful God is to both of us. We remind each other of that. Being together helped us both connect up with God. And is there someone you know in your life that would benefit from a visit? Or a friend that could use a check-in, 
that you could read the Bible with them and pray with them, or an opportunity to start a new habit and recommit yourself to regularly going to church or being part of a Christian community where you can connect up with God together. You know, there might be even someone here today, tonight, that could really use that encouragement. Friends, as we be together, we connect up with God when we hope and when we encourage one another in Jesus. And I pray that this will be your priority, my priority in our uni career and for the rest of your life.